Hello. Hey. Hi, this is Raylan. Welcome to Honolulu Millennial, the podcast where how we say in Hawaii, talk story with a millennial every week. So far, we've talked to someone who forges, dances on Broadway, joined the Peace Corps, wrote a book, and tells the news. Not a very long list, but really amazing stories with fantastic people. This week, we talked to a special someone I haven't spoken to since college at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Her name is Sheena Loshuto. She's lived almost all across the country, and now she's a reporter in Providence, Rhode Island. So if you're a new listener listening in on the East Coast, hello. I have always known Sheena to be a very confident woman from wearing brightly colored outfits to singing this is what dreams are made of from the Lizzie McGuire movie okay quick story in PRSSA the Public Relations and Society of America the group or organization that we were in in college we have socials all the time and one of my personal favorite ones is karaoke and so when we went into the room we all get to pick what songs we want to sing to and she picks this is what dreams are made of and i'm immediately when i hear the song i'm like in shock because i fucking love that song and so she gets up she stands right in front of everyone she's she's holding the mic she starts singing and it's lovely, okay? And she even does the fucking moves, like the hand pointing, the hand waving. It was magical. Ever since then, I have sung This Is What Dreams Are Made Of every time I go to karaoke, if it's available. <laughs> so I I don't think I've ever told her that, but yes, thank you, Sheena. So in addition, she is now aspiring to be an influencer. So we'll definitely have to have her come back on here when she gets that sponsorship from Domino's. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you can even hear it in my voice how good it was to talk to her because she's so fantastic. So here she is, the lovely Sheena Lashito. Hi, Sheena. Hey girl, it has been a while. It's it's been way too long. Like, way too actually, long. Actually, how many years? <laughs> what? At least five. At that least. makes sense because I've been like out of Hawaii since 2016. Which yeah, like to me, I don't really like register that we're in 2021 right now. So <laughs> yeah, I, feel like I know you get it. <laughs> yeah, and I graduated in 2015, and I think that's like the last time I set foot. On campus really I really yeah. miss the um the food court there like you don't get that you know the food center yeah I don't yeah. remember the name the salads campus center yes yeah <laughs> okay so it's been like four years since you've been five or whichever one um out of Hawaii and okay so why don't you tell everyone where you are now and what you're doing okay so right now as of 2021 I'm a news reporter in Providence, Rhode Island, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. There were lots of things I had to do to get here. I'm a nightside reporter, which means that my day usually starts at 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's not typical for like people, you know, around here. And then I get off of work around 1130. And so I, I usually focus on the 10 and 11 o'clock news. Mm -hmm. So 
that's kind of my life here now. Um, if you're not familiar with Providence, we're actually only about an hour away from Boston, depending on the traffic. From my house, it's more like 45 minutes. Uh-huh. So that's awesome. But I like never go over there. <laughs> it's too much, you know, too much. I don't like driving. So. Yeah. Well, especially now since the pandemic, like what are you going to do? Well, I guess it's all different on the East. It's much different on the East Coast compared to here. But so you graduated in 2016. So so what happened in between now and then? So I'll give some background because yeah. I know all of your wonderful listeners are like, they're super curious now. It's like, yes, hello, I'm here. Um, and by <laughs> the way, everyone, Raylan was like an awesome mentor to me because right, you were... <laughs> You were like a senior when I was a freshman. Something like that. Were you a, I don't know, something like that. Right. So like we, yeah, once you left, you know, mm-hmm. it was like I had to bloom and go on without yeah. you, which is whatever. It's, it's it, I forgive you for graduating. But anyways, um, so I went to the University of Hawaii, like totally because it's so weird because everyone always asks me, like, why did you go there? And Uh I have always been like super known, I think, as like the motivated kid. And like people probably expected me to go to like some big, crazy journalism school. But it's like, no, I didn't even know if UH had a journalism program. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to Hawaii Um, because, you know, I'm from Alaska. Right. I was like, I'm going there. It would have been awesome to work at KHON, which is obviously the Hawaii station. But I interned there. Mm -hmm. And after I graduated, I was under the impression, and I still believe this to be true, that if I want to be on TV, I'm just going to have to take the first job that's offered to me that allows me to do that. And that ended up being in Fargo, North Dakota, which I'm going to admit, I don't think I even knew what Fargo was. (laughs) Like, I had never heard of Fargo. I was there for a year. Um, news reporting. And I was doing kind of the same thing as I was doing now, except in Fargo, it was like, there was not a lot of news there. And we can talk about that too. But Mm -hmm. like the the news there is, I think, and I I totally owe like everything that I know to my experience there. But the news there is like kind of what you expect to be like typical corny local news. Like there wasn't a lot of like crime. There wasn't a lot of controversy. It was a lot Uh of just like feel good, community focused type of thing. Okay. and I, I always had my mind set on the Boston area because I have family here. My grandpa lives about like an hour from me right now. So I tried really hard to get here. And then one day, literally randomly, the news director who hired me called me and was like, hey, we have something for you. So that's, that's how I'm here. And I've been here since 2017. So I, I legitimately only did a year in Fargo and then came here. Nice, so yeah, nice. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, yeah, it does. I, which leads me to my next one. So what inspired you to be to go into journalism to be a storyteller? So also, before I forget, I want to know, I guess I can listen to it too. But I want to hear what like Christy had to say. Yes. I oh my gosh. So, okay. It's it's so interesting because yeah. right she's from there and she mm-hmm. kind of got to stay there and report on her own community, mm-hmm. which like everyone has their own different story. But anyways, yeah. um, this is a really strange story, but it is kind of something that stuck with me. Do you remember the show Teen Mom? Yeah. Did you did you ever watch it? Teen, 
I didn't watch it, but I'm very familiar with it. I know that there was right. like another season where they like yeah, have more okay. babies or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they keep making those, but in, I, I swear it was like 2004 and I was like in fourth grade and on Teen Mom. And, you know, I kind of always looked at that show as like an example of like, you know, and I, I respect the women on there, like the people who I was watching as like a fourth grader, but I always watch that show. <laughs> I always watched that show like and took away like this is why like you have to be careful with like your your um, choices like mm-hmm. this is why you need to I don't know plan out and really take responsibility because you know they had a lot going on in that show but that's what I took away from it I was like okay this is an example of why I can be like responsible moving forward and like not get caught up in like a teen pregnancy kind yeah. of thing. Um, but long story short, there was a, like Dr. Drew did these like interviews with the girls on Teen Mom afterwards, like after the season wrapped up to do like a, where are you now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the girls was like really being bullied and Dr. Drew was interviewing her and like whatever that exchange was it like clicked in my head as a fourth grader I was like wow I'm sitting here at home watching these two strangers on tv and whatever (laughs) they just said like registered with me so hard that like I'm gonna change the way I like treat other people because I think the girl was maybe like you know it's been really hard being on the show with like people judging me and like I get like threats from people I don't know Mm -hmm. and I was like wow like because she shared her story like I'm going to kind of like, you know, double think about everything that I do. So long story short, I was a fourth grader, but it was like an exchange like that, that I saw on TV that made me think like by sharing other people's stories, it can really impact other people. And obviously like all stories are different, right? Like I probably would never be in a situation like Dr. Drew, but Mm -hmm. that's what it is. And I kind of try to remember that Mm kind of in my everyday job. Like for example, if we do a a story on someone like dying from a drunk driving crash, then I'm going to do the story in a way that makes you think at home, like, Hey, I'm never going to drink and drive. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of the, the background. Yeah. I don't know what I said about teen mom, but Hey, I was a fourth grader. So, okay. <laughs> oh, I think it was called, I think it was 16 and pregnant at the time. Maybe one of, one of those, one of those, both yeah. of them are registering with me. Yeah. Like, yeah. right. And, okay. you know, whatever, whatever MTV's goal was with like the, t- the episodes I watched, it really worked with me. So, okay. Do you still watch MTV too? Do you still watch no. like all of the, any of the new shows that are on there? No, I, um, I have the cable package that only gets me news and sports channels. Yeah. It sucks. Makes sense. <laughs> so are you watching the news when you get home too? Like how much are you consuming the news? I'm glad you asked. I would say like about two years ago, I was like basically doing like 24 seven news, like trying. And one example of that is one of the cable stations I get is NECN. One of the Boston stations here basically produces like a regional wide cable show with like, it's an ongoing newscast of like Vermont, Maine, Rhode Island, Boston, like everything all into one. And I would always watch that because it would prepare me for like the day going to work or afterwards. Mm. Now, like recently, I'm trying really hard to like leave work at work and only do what I have to basically Mm -hmm. because I think that's just better for me yeah and obviously there are certain things that like you have to pay attention to but I try not to watch too much 
Yeah, it's not good for you, which is sad to admit. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I totally get it. So I actually talked to Chen Wang, who said that it, it's kind of hard to be able to separate yourself from work um, because working in the news station, it's like the news is always ongoing. It's like there's the only way for her to disconnect is to really delete all of the apps off of her phone, basically. I love that you mentioned Christy because Christy actually said some really good things about the news that she reports on and how she connects with it. Being from Alaska, moving to North Dakota, living in Hawaii, going to school in Hawaii and um, working in Providence, Rhode Island, how do you connect with the stories that you're about to tell? Like, how do you, do you get to pick and choose what those stories are? Like how, or do you guys have someone who assigns these to you or how does that work? Right, right. So my experience here is that most of the time I don't get to pick my own story. Um, and it's especially more true with the shift I'm on because, mm-hmm. for example, if you work the day shift, you're doing the four o'clock news, the five o'clock, six o'clock yes. and the 630. So I would describe it as they assign more filler stories for that chunk of early newscasts Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to the 10 o'clock and the 11 o'clock news it's like no like if you're working a night side you're gonna do the big story of the day like we don't have enough people to kind of fill the newscast but to answer your question I think you know at the bottom line the bottom line of everything is like we're all human so that's that's how I connect with these people or the stories I do it is hard because there are some stories that I'm assigned, like, for example, like a really complicated bill at the state house. It's hard to get into it. You know, that really, I think, intimidated me for a long time. Yeah. Um, but the best thing to do in that case is to just like find the character that will like tell the story for you because you can talk about what the lawmakers are saying back and forth. The goal and whatever will make it easier for you is to find the person that it actually impacts. And like, you know, you can always connect with whatever feelings they're having. It's probably like frustration or sadness. So that's, yeah. I think that answers your question, but it is hard. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's hard because this industry, people are always moving, right? Mm-hmm. To like go to different places. And some people like for example, like an old timer neighbor here would be like, you know, oh, this new reporter's only here is like a stepping stone mm-hmm. for the next place. And yeah. I, I assure you that's a conversation everybody has. Right. Um, but I, I always try to find myself in this community and it's it's working hard. That's I mean, it's working yeah. good. That's why I've been here for so long or longer than my contract originally stated. Yeah, that's really good because I I always get or this conversation always comes up because I do like this media trainings. And then one thing um, that gets brought up is junior reporters don't always have the context behind the mm-hmm. things that they're reporting on. Mm-hmm. So reporters try really hard. Like I'm sure you, you like you do your research and things like that. That, but it that's always something that like comes into the conversation is that it's it's a stepping stone for them mm-hmm. to where that they want. So on the stories that you report on, which are your favorite lifestyle, hard news or like the fluffy pieces? I, I OK, first off, I love the breaking news. Um, it's just like a lot of the times. And it's hard to admit this, but at breaking news situations, a lot of the elements you need, like the video and the interviews are usually handed right in front of you because it's like, if it's a big fire, Mm -hmm. you'll have the people to interview right there and you'll have the video you need right Mm -hmm. there. And people care a lot about that. They want to know what's happening. Mm -hmm. So it's like, something with breaking news is like an instant attention grabber. Um, Although it is unfortunately usually involving something that's not so great. 
you know, impacting someone in some way. But the fluffy story pieces are like my absolute favorite. Like they're so fun, but I will. And I think that's what I do with my best on, <laughs> like, you know, when I can mm-hmm. use corny lines. But I will say that the market I'm in right now does not truly value those as much as I think they should. I guess they do value them, but we're not given that opportunity. Like I said, my ship, I can't yeah. be doing fluffy stories when there's tons of breaking news going on. Mm-hmm. If there's big, important things happening, there's no time for fluffy stories. But the fluffy stories was everything in North Dakota, which was like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I love that you talked about like breaking news because Christy actually talks about it too, because she, as a producer, I, I guess you're from, you're, you should be familiar with this. Yeah. Like how the, what the producers do in the back end. So whenever breaking news would happen, like they immediately had to like shift things around and be ready to like put in new stories and new clips. Oh, what does she say about it? She's like, I think she called them psychopaths for like everyone who loves breaking news because everything oh. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. I think, I think I do have to be a psychopath. Like I, I'm just going to say that like people who like breaking news probably go home and watch like murder documentaries and stuff as well. Yeah. But I'm glad that you said that. Cause you were like, you know, you should know like what producing producers do. I've never, well, I did produce a little bit in North Dakota just because mm-hmm. there's like no staff really, but mm-hmm. I think it is really important for people in the newsroom to know everyone's roles because it is going to be way harder for a producer to like mm-hmm. shift things around in their show that they worked all day on. You know, like say mm-hmm. if a, a fire happens at 445, it's like the biggest story ever. When it comes five o'clock, they probably threw away everything they worked on all day long to cover this damn fire. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a little easier for me. It's mm-hmm. out in the field. I just have right. to uh, you know, interview people and do yes. the thing on TV. So has there ever been a time where you've had to completely leave a location to go to another to report on that, on the fabricing news? Oh, yes. Like a lot. I'm going to say like my market right now is very like, there's a lot that happens. It's never short on news. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's very annoying when you like work on a story and then have to go somewhere else. Obviously it's understandable. It's just like the terrible thing about that is I could be working a story and then at like eight o'clock, they move me to something else. I get Mm -hmm. there at eight 30 and now it's like, I only have an hour and a half before the 10 o'clock news, (laughs) but yeah, it happens. Okay. What are the most difficult things that you find about being a reporter you know I probably would have given you a different answer like a year ago I think in the climate of the world right now it's very very difficult and I even feel like I have to like be careful with what I say right now which I feel like speaks for itself but what's difficult is you know we work so hard for like your the community that we live in and we work for but you are never ever gonna make everyone happy, which I think that's what is the most difficult part because Mm -hmm. number one, there's like a war on media right now. Um, Number two, it's like you try so hard, but there are just people who are sitting at home, like picking everything apart about either what you did, what you said, or what you look like. And I think that's difficult is because, you know, I want to do something and like make everyone happy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? Because in my head, if I if I did it the story correctly and I got both sides out, then nobody should be angry, right? 
but I think that's difficult. I have just always been like a worry, a worrier, right? Mm -hmm. I I would guess you would consider this anxiety, but Mm -hmm. like, for example, like I would like usually go to sleep at night sometimes like thinking like, you know, like a plane's going to crash in my house or something. Like it totally sounds crazy when you say it out loud, but like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff goes through my head. And I go to work every day seeing that things that you would never expect to happen can actually happen. I hear people saying, oh, I never thought that would be my sister or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of amplifies the fears in my head, which I know I'm not alone in that type of thing. But I would think that's also the hardest part. Okay, so how do you like knowing that these things can happen and being a reporter? So like, what do you do to kind of keep yourself sane? Like, what do you do for your mental health? Like. So I do admit that, you know, a lot of us get really jaded and that is hard to admit. But if you, when you go to things enough times, when you cover these crazy stories enough times, because we, we cover crazy things, like unfortunately, like babies dying, right? You know, because of child neglect, crazy fires, shootings. I think those are kind of the big, the big things, but I feel like to get your assignment done, you just kind of have to block it out. And that's probably Mm -hmm. not healthy, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know if I have an answer to your question. Like, I don't know what I do, but Mm -hmm. I guess at some point I had learned to like, just kind of shove it somewhere. Yeah. Um, But it is hard, but I, I do think that like a lot of us just get used to it which is really really sad we all know that we're under pressure to like get the job done yeah so outside of work what do you do okay so (laughs) I do I am very very fortunate and Mm -hmm. I think this helps me a lot my boyfriend is not in news right yeah (laughs) he's a he's a firefighter Mm -hmm. though so it's like I would say probably deals with similar you know things like what I just talked about yeah um but I'm very fortunate where I feel like A lot of people in the news industry, like, you know, you move here for a news job. You probably only know news people, but like I found someone outside of work that like, so when we talk, it's not only about like our coworkers or whatever we talked about. We, we try really hard. You'll appreciate this to like eat different places. Yes. And my hobby is shopping. So, (laughs) but yeah, if anyone ever wants to visit this area, obviously, I mean, you've been over East Coast-ish, right? Yeah. I've been to yes. Philadelphia and DC. So, I mean, if you go to the Boston area, you're like so close to Connecticut and mm-hmm. Rhode Island and New Hampshire and stuff. So we take like many trips places. Yeah, but I would say my main hobby is shopping, thrifting. So I really want to be an influencer. So if news reporting doesn't work out. Um, oh my gosh, it is yeah. totally possible. And like, I, thank you. Yeah, yes. I support you being an influencer. Um, there is actually, do you know who Kelly Simic is? Uh, girl, I was just about to bring her up, but I didn't know if I should have. Yes. Yes, yes. Kelly, and yeah, her followers going up every single day. She posts yes. some good ass pics. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say because she also loves to thrift. Like she is, yes. she is, she may as well be a goodwill ambassador. So she's always doing that. She's on the news. She's on the morning news. And she like, I would say she's an influencer. Yeah. The amount of, oh my gosh, I love Have you Kelly. talked to her yet? She would be perfect for this. Yes, I know. I'm just trying to get the balls to ask her essentially. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, she's definitely like a local slash regional celeb. She is. She is. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So I love that you brought up 
I can't know where I want to go with this, but okay. I know that you brought up um, kind of talking to, talking to like having only your coworkers to talk to essentially and like talking about them. And I know for someone who's always been involved with clubs, being in groups, especially when you were in college, have you found like a community in the places that you've lived? And I know you've, you've jumped from Alaska to like other states. So, right. So um, I think that's, a great thing, um, you know, because I I'm just like assuming maybe anyone who like might be thinking about news <laughs> might watch this or listen to this. And so my first job was in North Dakota, and mm-hmm. it was legitimately like I think it's exactly what you'd expect. There was a Target and the mall, and then the rest was like cornfields. I like literally did not know where to start. And when I got there, there were two really nice girls who like kind of brought me in, mm-hmm. but they left for new jobs like right away so I was alone for a bit Um, it gets better because I get really good co-workers I think like a few months later but I was really involved at UH um, the Newman Center Church which is like a Catholic church but like it's focused on college students and Mm -hmm. communities I um, reached out to the local chapter at the college in Fargo and started going there I didn't really make like I would say like friends and like I'm still in touch with now but Mm -hmm. they had a lot of people just like me where it's like you moved to Fargo and you didn't know what to do so you came there so that kind of helped me open doors to like find out what's going on in the community and I just had fun it felt like it was a great place to find you know what I was missing Mm -hmm. and I thought the same thing about PRSSA too I kind of reached out to them saying like hey like I was super involved in college what can I do anything to help like I actually have a real job now (laughs) and I did connect with some girls there but like we didn't hang out or anything but Mm -hmm. long story short I think it does take time but yeah I found a good community Um, this is also weird but once I got my friends um, like the new girls that moved to North Dakota to also be a reporter we went out a lot like I mean just like young people would Mm -hmm. right but we met a lot of great people at like karaoke nights and like bingo nights and trivia nights yes and I know you can find that everywhere Uh so I would totally suggest it I yeah so long story short yeah that's how I did it. I just, awesome. I mean, I, I feel like anyone can find something that's familiar, but that's yeah. what worked for me. I think one thing that's kind of hard to find about these communities is just like knowing where to look, mm-hmm. too, especially like for events and stuff. And I think it helps that you work in the news. So that way, you know, like kind of like what's going on and where the good places to go are. And yeah, right. And I just thought of something. So I'm there's an online community for news reporters. Um, there's a Facebook group. Like there's a Facebook group for everything right yes, now. And like yeah. I always hear people asking, "Hey, I'm moving somewhere. Like where do I start? <laughs> you know, like yeah. where do I start?" And one big suggestion that I think is amazing is to join the local Facebook community groups. You know how everyone has their yes. like weird yeah. neighborhood groups where it's like, "What yeah. was that noise?" Why are the fire trucks here? But like, those are amazing. Just to like, Mm -hmm. people post events on there. People post news story ideas on there. That's always a good one. That's helped me a lot to find stories even now. That's awesome. I actually just saw a post earlier about how people are still using Facebook. And Facebook groups is a really good one because the only thing that I see that come up onto my newsfeed is, I don't know if you're a part of this group, but it's the subtle Asian traits group. Oh my God. No, (laughs) I should join that though. Yes. Yeah. So there's some examples. Yeah. So a lot of it is just like, most of it's memes really about like 
memes and like boba and abgs and things like that like shit your parents would say is fobs and all that kinds of stuff it's interesting it's very entertaining of course yeah Um, i'm in another one that's like weird secondhand finds that just need to be shared it's a thrift (laughs) thing that i think people really like and that's still active and good yeah okay let's talk about all the things that you find while you're thrifting because I okay. think on your on your Instagram, you say that you're like, oh gosh, what is it called? The 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 patterns that are extremely brightly colored. And yes, like- Lily Pulitzer fanatic. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I Tell have us a, about that. <laughs> well, I have a thrift wish list. Okay, where and I, okay, that secondhand group that I just talked about is like what has led me to this. But I really want this. Like it's I think it's from the '80s, but this mushroom canister set. I. Unless you show a picture right now, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, you can. it's called the Mary Mushroom Set. It was, like, from a Sears catalog, like, 80 years ago. What, when was, no, no, 80 years, not 80 years ago, 30 <laughs> years the, ago. In the 80s. 40, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so that's, like, number one on my wish list right now, but I... When I go in to the thrift store and say, I only have 20 minutes. So this is the thing. I live right by a Savers, which is a thrift store. And it's right next to the Marshalls. And that is like 10 minutes away from my work. So I'll like usually leave a little early to like hit up both real quick. I know it's crazy. (laughs) But I don't look that hard. But anytime I find Lily, I buy it. The Lily Pulitzer stuff. And it's easy to find. That's what's so awesome about it. Because, like, I'll go through the racks and I can right. see from, like, feet away that there's something bright and crazy. <laughs> so I just buy it. Um, and I buy things in Lily in, like, all sizes because my mom is super, like, good at making stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I, like, get it for fabric, basically. Well, yeah, but, yeah, I, but besides I that, that, I just buy things. <laughs> I absolutely love that you post things that are on sale or are available at like Target and stuff. And I'm just like, I think there was like this banana set, I think that you posted one time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really want this. And then your, I think it was like your spices, little houses mm, of things. Those mm-hmm. were super cute. That like, was, oh my gosh. I was like dedicated. So the Spice Village is what it's called. I, and I'm doing this now with the mushrooms. I checked Facebook Marketplace every single day, like refreshing to see if someone would sell those stupid little Spice Villages. Thank you. Um, everything you said just supports my influencer dreams. Yes, so yes. I feel good. And uh, that's why I love Kelly's because she always tags like Goodwill Hawaii. So if there is a local one or just freaking tag savers or something wherever you get them and like just right manifest in the world like sponsor me or something i really I want domino's pizza to sponsor me i just i'm putting that into the world right now yes. like i have i have this dream of me holding a heart-shaped pizza and i'm like hello i love domino's actually i don't i never even domino's eat pizza does it. too much but okay. it's good yeah but okay back to thrifting i started doing that because my family has like always kind of been like a thrift family just because i think my parents have always been like super intrigued by like the good stuff you can find for like two bucks right yeah when i was younger it was kind of like embarrassing you know it just like is to some people Mm -hmm. and now that i'm like older i'm like no i need to show that like you can actually find like super awesome stuff plus 
people, super cheap. It, there's a huge market right now. People are going to Savers, buying out all the good stuff, and then reselling selling it, them. Which makes me angry because mm-hmm. I'm like, hi, I'm a thrifter, and I'd like to just buy it like from here first. <laughs> so yeah, do you thrift yet? I think I don't thrift enough because it's just like I just don't make the time to go to them. Because I love to go to stores and just look at, because yeah. I'll go and look, but I just like don't buy anything because I, I always contemplate in my head, like, do I really need this? Although this is not the thing with plants, because I'll just fucking look at a plant and think it's beautiful and like want to take it home with me. So Are you into succulents? Okay, the succulents are my hardest one. Dude, mine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> to be okay, honest. I have one. I have one. I bought it only because I got a Lily Pulitzer pot for it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, those are the only ones that's living. Everything else has died. So yeah, my I don't know why, but the succulents that I have, those are just dying. The other plants, like these regular plants I have, they're they're thriving. It's it's I don't know. Is it like the maybe it's I'm not in a dry area. I don't know. Anyway. Is it? Are you giving it good energy? You have to like give it good energy. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> talk to the plant. <laughs> I did separate them from the other plants maybe mm, that's my they issue they, they need a community they need, yeah they need a community <laughs> i feel like oh, i'm talking too much can i ask you some questions yes like, i'm usually not used to this <laughs> it's okay it's sure wait so what made you start this podcast well like the pandemic has impacted a lot of people i really needed to do something like for myself and a podcast is something that i've always wanted to do but I've kind of just made excuses to put it together. So I finally just said, fuck it. Like I, I've exhausted all of my excuses to put it together. So I just decided to do it. And I think along the way of just slowly, I was just like really afraid, I think. No, yeah, no, not I think. I know that I was like really afraid of all of the content that I would put out. I was afraid that I wouldn't have things to talk about. I was afraid I didn't have people to interview. And at first I started it and I wanted to do it with another co-host because I feel like I do a lot better when there's another person to feed off of. So I actually started it with my two friends, um, Josh and Ben. And uh, that worked for like two recording sessions. Do I know Ben? Is Ben Ben? (laughs) Ben's Ben. Okay, I remember him. I think we're still Facebook friends. (laughs) Yeah, so I I started it because I wanted to, I missed connecting with people and I missed sharing their stories because I used to do that for an online magazine back here at home. And it it focused on, um, it was called H&L Flow and it focused on artists in the communities, entrepreneurs, and I just wanted to do the same thing here, but then I wanted it to focus on millennials um, because I feel like we're always constantly getting this like bad reputation from all of these, from everyone older than us. For example, I mentioned that junior reporters always don't have contacts, but there's also not enough places to gain experience for reporting. There's, there's just not enough resources for everyone entering the job market to be the best person at their job. And a lot of the times I feel like there are businesses or there are companies or there are people who aren't always open to hiring, like hiring younger staff because they're so inexperienced. And I feel like we, even though that we don't have these resources, there are still things that we are doing that are against all of these things that they're saying about us. So I feel like talking to those who are doing things, even though that from like big to small, it's like, we're doing something that's pretty amazing. And I feel like that's something that needs to be shared, you know? Right. And I am glad you brought that up. 
And I have no problem talking about this, even though I feel like, you know, others might frown upon it, I guess. But my experience at my current job, um, I was hired there when I was 21, which is like, to me, it was an awesome experience. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, like, I'm probably one of the youngest people to ever, you know, get hired here. Mm -hmm. So you hear how I just said that very exciting to everyone else. It was kind of like, wow, she's one of the youngest people we've ever hired here, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest, I, I feel like I still am like punished for some reason because of that. And it's like, no, why don't we look at it at, yay, we have fresh meat here that we can like water yes. and carve into the best person ever. Yes. And unfortunately, um, there are just, there's not enough time or resources for that always. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's very true. And it's unfortunate. I hope that we can all change our mindset someday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's also kind of, I feel like a theme that I feel. I see on social media or it's just like the things that I'm picking out, but it's always something that's kind of changing the narrative about how we look at things or how we see things and how we say things to people like in our conversations and just talking to people in general. It's like, let's look at this is not as a like a downfall, but in an achievement. And I think one good example is looking at people's lives and seeing where they are, even though that they're at the same age, it's, some have accomplished, some would say so much more, um, whereas someone who is at the same age is also like a, a mom. And so both work extremely hard. Both have, we talked about this in another episode, but both have their high highs and both have their low lows. Like changing the narrative between how we see both of those successes or those points in people's lives. Right. And like, there should be no real concrete way to measure it anyways. Right. And I think that's something that like I struggle with too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, I'm sure the others talk about this, but it's so hard, like news reporting, like if I mess up, I'll like go home and like, just it hurts for like hours. Like I dwell on it. And like, I by far do not think I'm like the best person ever. Like I actually struggle really hard with my on-air presence a lot. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's just hard. Like, dude, it's not easy to like, yeah, look at a camera and go. Right. But like, I see other people my age who are like all of a sudden really good. Like, I'm like, why, how come you can do it, but not me, but you know, everyone has their own journey and I'm not going to look at them and hope they fail, you know? Mm -hmm. That, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that was actually another one of my questions and hopefully I need this, this next one. But so I know we talked about this through text. So you were saying how, how much you enjoy being a reporter and that you also love being on camera. I'm glad that you mentioned your on-air presence. Can you talk more about that? For me, it's like, it depends on the situation. So if you're in studio, you have a prompter. It's like, mm-hmm. usually I have no complaints about my own performance, mm-hmm. but sometimes you're out in the field and it's like, it's just, I can't get things out smoothly. I can't get things out at like a good tone. Like I always think I'm yelling for some reason, which like, I don't understand, but I'll like go home and watch it. And I'm like, why am I yelling at you? And my superiors have pointed out that like, sometimes I'm like choppy, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if makes, if it makes sense, but like, you know, like I just am a little bit like this trying to spit out everything. Yes. Yeah. I understand. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's like, okay. So they're like, try to do that less. And it's like, don't you think if I could, I would (laughs) like, right. But anyways, um, 
being on TV is fun. Like it's, it's fun. There's a lot of things that I'm like very unhappy about after the fact, but it's like, you can only do what you do. I, I feel like, was that your question? Like the goods and the bads about being on TV? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I've always known you as a very confident person and like, I, I guess, cause in other conversations with like Christy and with Jen, like, do you ever second guess about the way that you sound or like what you look like on TV and how you're perceived by like the, by the audience? Yeah. And also I was going to ask you like how you feel about listening to your voice because oh, okay, okay, this is my problem. <laughs> well, like it's, it's so weird, right? Like some people, like I've, it's, yeah, it's just weird. People are like, oh my God, I hate it. Um, I got used to that pretty quick, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like now watching something that I did a year ago, because, you know, we do the live part and then there's like a pre-recorded part where the story right. plays. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why? What's like what? <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Like, I think I think throughout this process and I'm probably not even at like my best voice now, but like a lot of us play with like our pitches mm-hmm. and stuff and it's really bad. But yeah, I would say it's 100 percent true that everyone well, I second guess everything. It's hard. Not a lot of people have like pointed out flaws, but there are mean people out there who have like emailed me and stuff like that. But oh gosh, long story short, thank you for saying that you've known me as being confident. <laughs> I I would say that throughout this job, unfortunately, like I have lost a little bit of that. Um, you know, just because it's kind of the nature of it to tear yourself apart. Because mm-hmm. everyone always wants to be the best. And it's difficult because I think, like, at least my problem is, is that since I have lost some of my, like, inner confidence, that that shows, like, I'm not doing as best as I could now. So that's kind mm-hmm. of actually, like, the conversation I have with, like, my boyfriend and, like, my mm-hmm. bosses. It's, like, I need to find the confidence. Like, it's not there because you can tell that I'm, like, nervous. And, like, maybe mm-hmm. that's what's leading to the choppiness. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just so many factors it's like, okay, I know how you could do it. Like the way I'm talking to you now, I feel like I would never talk like this on TV. Um, just because we're all like in, in our heads, you know, thinking right. about the news, news voice, which yes. is like a, yes. a weird, a weird concept, but okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but tell us about the, tell us about the news voice. Like, is it easy for you to turn it off and on? Like, so like could you give me an example? That's the thing. Like I, <laughs> I feel like I can only turn it on when I'm in front of the camera. <laughs> it's like, hello, how are you doing today? I don't know. Just yeah. loud. So yeah, I have, I guess that's the, the answer. I have no control over it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, your, your voice, you're okay with like hearing it back and stuff. Okay. Well, yeah. So that is my problem. Actually, it, it came to my attention that um, somebody asked me, like, did you listen to it again? And I was, I was like, no, I didn't. That's actually like my problem. Like, I don't. <laughs> Once I edit it and this is how I edit. So I, I actually shorten it and I listen to that shit at like 30%. Like it's, so it's like sped up like 2.53, I don't know. And I'm just like going through, just making sure that I get to the parts where it's like, okay, cut this out. Or there's just these really long pauses. And after I do that, I'm like, okay, good. I put it back at 100%. And then I do the pre-recording in the front. And then I never listen to it again. So I do want to also talk about like how you and your boyfriend met. Hmm. Okay, so let's think. <laughs> it's actually been a while now. How are you guys um, been? Wait, what is his name again? I'm sorry. Corey. He's always in Corey. Okay, he's always in your stories. 
<laughs> he wants, I don't know, it's it, whatever. <laughs> I feel like every time in your stories, he like tries to take the spotlight from you. Oh my gosh. Okay, definitely keep this part in because it's true. Um, yes, but he definitely supports the influencing dreams. Mm-hmm. And he tries really hard to help me with my live shot confidence. But yes, um, yes. Okay, so how long have you and Corey been together? So we have been together for almost two years now, I believe. It feels <laughs> like forever. <laughs> um, but we met, so he's a firefighter mm-hmm. in a town. It's a pretty good town, or it's a big city. Um, there's a lot of places in Rhode Island that are like much smaller. And like, I think personally, and he thinks, he says this more than me. Um, <laughs> he thinks that like, they don't really do anything. But, like, he's actually, like, busy all the freaking time at work. Actually weird. And this leads into the story. His old fire station, he actually moved to a different part of the city, is, like, right down the street from the prison here. (laughs) So, like, his city's fire department is, like, in charge of, like, getting prisoners to the hospital if they need it or whatever. But long story short, there was a, like, a hazmat situation at the prison. And my news assignment desk person the person that like tells you where to go tells you what stories to do was like can you go find out more about this hazmat situation so I'm like okay but like the prison is like super like private and like Mm -hmm. they'll kick you off if they see you so the girl assignment desk girl was like can you just like maybe go to the fire station and ask about it and like I'm sorry but I hate doing stuff like that it's like embarrassing to me (laughs) Even though it's like a cute little girl, it should be like fun, right? And like, I distinctly remember like the camera guy I was with was like, you know, why are you so nervous? Like, (laughs) I would think that you would be like the first person to jump up to be like, let's go in there. Let's talk to these guys. Um, But basically, um, I went in to ask and he was there. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, but we actually didn't like nothing really went there, Mm -hmm. like went anywhere from there but we met like a little bit afterwards like randomly at a bar so oh nice yeah but it's crazy that's cute um so I don't know how true this story is but he claims that like after I came to the station that night like he made everyone watch the news and like (laughs) said something (laughs) like oh that shoot is gonna be mine one day here we are (laughs) so yeah I don't know how true that is but that's what he tells me at least are you seeing anyone? Are we going to talk about that? <laughs> um, we can. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am definitely 100% a dating app advocate. Ooh. So I'm. So met- what are you on? <laughs> are you I'm on not all? A, I'm not on anything anymore because I'm in a relationship. Oh, okay. Um, but I met my boyfriend off of Hinge. And I see Hinge as like more of the more conversational ones because they ask you to put down these like prompts and you have to like respond to them. I never used it, but I like, I know the setup. Yeah. Yeah. So I met him off a Hinge and then um, here we are uh, a year and three months later. What does he do? He works at Porsche. He like... He like fix art, fixes cars and stuff. Earlier, we talked about how living in Rhode Island and you deal with a lot of people who have never left Rhode Island, yes. and that's because it's yep. similar to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about those kinds of stories. 
So, you know, I wonder, is that like a thing everywhere? I guess it is, right? There's like a lot of people who just never leave their hometown. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, But I actually think like it was weird that you mentioned in your media trainings that like a lot of reporters don't know context behind stories. Um, It's sad, but true. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, things that are a big deal around here, like I'm not going to know if I didn't live here like 10 years ago. Um, How do I deal with people like that? Well, I would say I love them. They are probably the majority of the people here. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just have to cherish them because there's they're the ones that like if you find a good one, they'll help you along the way. It gets frustrating when you cover controversial issues. I just think it's interesting that it's like based on where you live, people think certain ways about different things when it's Mm -hmm. like, I guess, if you've never lived anywhere else, if you've never seen how it is other places, then you should. (laughs) But yeah, I don't blame you. Okay. And uh, speaking of place and like switching gears. So how much do you miss being in Hawaii? I miss it. The number one food is like, I mean, sorry, number one food. Number one (laughs) thing is food. (laughs) I'm obviously Japanese. Yes. And it was just amazing. I feel sad. Like I'm losing my Japanese speaking too. A little bit being over here. Yeah. Don't you talk to your mom in Japanese though? I do. She's about it now, though. Like in Hawaii, it was like I worked at Victoria's Secret at Ala Moana. Yeah. So you would get all of the Japanese tourists coming. Yeah. But I loved the food. Like just there mm-hmm. was Asian everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Here it's like not a lot. And I love the weather. But, you know, as much as I love Hawaii, I do not see myself ever moving back strictly because I plan on doing big things in my career. <laughs> and there's nothing that's um, headquartered there. That will yes. fulfill my dreams. Yep. Like do you it. want to leave ever? Um. Yes, I do. I still do, actually. I well, now I'm I'm just kind of torn because there are some people who have jobs here who absolutely love what they're doing, but then there are some people who I just feel like there's like they've reached a cap, which kind of I feel like I have too. But I just feel like I've also invested so much of my time and so much of my experience here that. I think that I would, I can continue to thrive here, but I also feel like that's just me being in a comfortable state, like just me being comfortable living in Hawaii, speaking to the community and being part of the community um, and things like that. But I, I still do, like I still want to move. I do want to experience places, jobs, communities that are outside of Hawaii because I just, I love to adventure and I love to just get lost in cities. But I also feel like, I also just feel like I've, I've just invested so much of my time here. Right. You know? And it's like, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I also, when- people are just like, so whenever I talk to someone that lives on the, like the West Coast, like in San Francisco, they're always like, people are so selfish. People are so, anytime that they want to talk to you, it's just that they they want something from you, essentially. And I'm just like, right. oh, I've like, the people that I work with now, like they're so wonderful. And I feel like I really lucked out when I got this job, so. Right. And like that, I totally understand that. And it's like, when we talk about people who like never leave, Yes. It's not a bad thing, but it's like open, open your eyes and travel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I wish, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the future holds for where I go next. If I go anywhere next, I don't know. It's difficult because 
just the nature of at least news reporting is like, mm-hmm. if you want to move up, you have to go somewhere else. Plus, um, I currently do not believe there is much opportunity to move up within the station I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it's like one of those things where like somebody has to like all of a sudden retire for things to shift, you know, like yeah. people yeah. love it here and they never leave. So that's great. Mm-hmm. But it's like a little difficult for the rest of us if we're waiting is your station a Fox affiliate too? So we are Fox and CBS. So I, I know in college, I think you mentioned several times that how you aspire to be the next Oprah. Mm-hmm. How's that going? I don't know. See, like, it's so sad because I truly feel like I've lost so much of that, like, the hope and dreams that I once had. Uh-huh. It, makes, it makes me sad. You know, I wish I could tell you it's going great. But like, I have lost a lot of my vision. And part of it, I feel like is just, um, I guess, the battle I have right now with finding the confidence of being Mm -hmm. on air, it might have to do with like people around me, Mm -hmm. the situation I'm in. Um, But I'm not feeling like I'm the Sheena that thought she could be Oprah right now. So I'm going to be honest with you. But I do remember it. (laughs) So it's not lost. Um, But like right now, I'm looking for ways to figure out how I can find that again. I I think part of that is you being an influencer. I think so too. Thank you very much. Yeah. And if it's not an influencer, I guess um, I've noticed that there are like two different sides to this. There's an influencer and there's a content creator. So either way, I feel you fit so perfectly in that. I just think maybe you can get Corey to work on his photography skills or his videography skills, you know? He's working. He's better. He's better now. Um, But I think it's a lot of people are in my situation where Mm -hmm. you realize that local news is not maybe what you once dreamed it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe it's just like you didn't realize what it was. I mean, it's a lot of crap, you know, just from people, outside people, especially now. And it's hard because everything is a deadline. So like, I never feel like I put in the effort that I could have, you know, it's like, I never put something out there and think that was the best Mm -hmm. I could have done. It's like, that was the best I could have done in two hours. Um, So that's a little tough. And I don't know if like the creativity brain in me, like is quenching something that like fulfills that better. Maybe Mm -hmm. content creating would do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, But, but again, like I really, I I know I want to be an influencer, but I can't think of like a life besides news reporting at the same time. Like you're going to have like 20 stories that like are literally like a pain And then you're going to find one that reminds you why you got into this in the first place. And that makes it all worth it, at least to me. I love it. Do you have fun? Yes, I I love talking to you. It's been a really long time. I know. I I love it too. I need to visit. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.